read that from the, King, from the New King James, and then I want to read very quickly from the Living Bible. All right, everybody have that? Yes, it says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become what? Rich. rich. Everybody say rich. rich. Now, this happened because he became poor. Now, they just sang about the blood still works. Now, it was on that cross where he shed his blood. And it was on that cross that this exchange happened, that he became poor, so that you and I, through his poverty, might become rich. Now, let's read that same, same uh, verse from the Living Bible, from the Living Bible. All right? Ready? Read. You know how kind, full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. Though he was so very rich, come on. So he did all this to help me? Yes. So he's able to help you. Yes. So he wants to help you. So we're on part four of this message, which is supposed to be one, but it's part four today. Let Jesus help you. Let Jesus help you. Father, I receive that anointing upon me today to minister the word of God. I pray, God, even for that unction uh, to flow in a way that I've not seen, to, for that utterance to speak words I've not already heard. And I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts, that the word is sown in good soil and produces that which you said it to produce. Thank you for what you've already done. God, if you don't do anything else, you've already amazed us by your power. And God, we just simply want you to seal this day by the word of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Let Jesus help you. So we've been addressing, again, this, uh, what I call a controversial subject in the body of Christ and not about gay marriage, not about, you know, all that stuff is controversial today. But there's a controversial subject that shouldn't be controversial, uh, and that's, that's about prosperity. And uh, so much of the church is, is, is uh, steeped in this poverty mindset, and uh, we, we want to make sure we don't have that because we've got work to do. And, and the work we have requires some money. Can you say amen? Not only do, does God want us to enjoy life, but he wants to use us to advance his kingdom in the earth. Now, lack was never God's idea. If you remember when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they didn't lack anything. They didn't lack anything. And God never changed his MO. Even though Adam and Eve fell into sin, God still made sure his people always had something. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 9, you don't have to turn there. Uh, I'm going to go pretty quickly through these scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 9, God is telling the children of Israel through Moses where they're going. Tell your neighbor, this is where you're going. He said, I'm taking you to a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will what? Lack nothing. Come on, read it back to me. In which you will what? Lack nothing. I'm going to tell you like I told the church up there, I'm black. Black pastors like some feedback. Y'all talk, talk back to your boy. Okay? So he said... A land in which you eat bread without scarcity. A land in which you will lack nothing. Well, this is the children of Israel. Now we get over here. We read this. Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, Luke 22, 25, 35 rather, last week. Uh, I want to bring this up this week rather. Jesus, when he says, uh, he sent his disciples out. And he says uh, to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said Nothing. So notice the children of Israel, notice now Jesus Christ's disciples, that whenever God had his hand on them, they lacked nothing. 
Now, we did look last week at Acts chapter 4, verse 34, where the Bible says, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. This is the church. So notice in the church, no one had lack. So why is it in the modern day church, people are so comfortable with lack and act as if lack somehow brings glory to God? That's, that's a deceptive tool of the enemy to trick God's people out of having financial prosperity because he knows that if you and I don't have financial prosperity, we are, we are of little threat to a major move. You and I can do things. I can win somebody to Christ without money. I can, I can evangelize somebody. But, but to, to make major moves in the, in the world today, you've got to have some money. We complain about, you know, filthy movies, but we've got to have money to make good movies. We talk about filthy music, but you got to have money if you're going to go in somebody's studio. I'm going I'm to buy my own studio. You're going to buy a Mac computer? You, what you going to make it on? Your phone? You, you, you need some money if you're going to do these things. So tell your neighbor, you, we must have some money. Now, we, the blessing is how it comes. The blessing. And listen to me. The blessing only works in one direction. The blessing only works in one direction. And people say, I'm blessed, but you're struggling, but you're sick. And, I mean, everything is about you is bad. Um, you got to ask yourself, really, are you blessed? Because the blessing only works in one direction. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and he has no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. It, there, there's no poverty out of the blessing. The blessing works in one direction. What did I say? It works in one direction. And it'll work for anybody. Tell your neighbor it'll work for anybody. Tell your neighbor the blessing will work for you. Now this is important because you know I was I was I was um, thinking about some things since this past week, and um, you know, you know nobody has an advantage over anybody else. You you know sometimes people think well because. You're, you're a, uh, a doctor, or you're a lawyer, or you're an engineer, or you come from this particular background, you know you have an advantage over me. But there's, there's no advantage because, see, when, if Jesus helps you, it doesn't matter what your background is. If he helps you, it doesn't matter where you started. You could have come out of, the, out, of the, out of the back hills of West Virginia. You could have come out of the clay hills, the red clay hills of Georgia somewhere. But if God helps you, it doesn't matter where you come from. All that matters is where you're going, and the blessing only works in one direction. I said the blessing only works in one direction. It's over in Proverbs 22 and verse 2 where it says that the rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. It doesn't mean God makes one rich and God makes one poor. It means whether you're rich or poor, God makes you. So if God made you and then if God works with you, if you and I will let God help us, then we don't have to be the poor side. We can be the rich side. Because the one thing that the poor and rich have in common is that the Lord makes everybody. You got it? And I want to show us, uh, if I can, a little further today, how to get over on the rich side. I don't want us to be on the poor side. Hallelujah. A rich man's wealth is his strong city, but the poverty of the poor is their destruction. 
So God is not into you and me being destroyed. The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. So poverty, if it destroys, cannot be God's idea. Poverty, if it destroys, cannot be God's plan for you. Poverty, if it destroys, cannot be what God wants you and me uh, to live in. He wants us to have something else. The blessing makes rich and he has no sorrow with it, right? Now, that word rich, I don't need to go through a lot of definitions. It simply means uh, to, be, to be wealth. It means to have more than enough, all right? Now, all right. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, I gave you from that verse. I'm not going to read it for sake of time because the Lord met us here. I don't want to, uh, you know, your, your bottoms can only handle so much. Um, but I gave you three markers of how to know you're rich, right, based on 2 Corinthians 9, 8. All right, number one was favor and blessings in abundance. Y'all remember that? If you didn't get it, write it down or take a picture of it or, or you know, when you watch later on today, you know, write it down. Favor and blessings in abundance. Number two, always self-sufficient. That means you always got enough. Always self, I don't need anybody to help me. I, I can help you, but I don't need anybody to help me. Not, now, I'm not talking about people working together. I'm talking about, I'm talking about financially not having to wait on the government to do anything, not having to wait on anybody to, you know, uh, to feel sorry for me. Not having to sneak, a, sneak a, 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 um, you know how people can do in church, testify their need. I just want to give all honor to the Lord Jesus Christ ahead of my life. I'm believing God for a refrigerator. God is so good, and, you know, God, I know God's going to make a way for what? Well, you slip your need in there. No, self-sufficient. And then we said number three was furnishing abundance for good works and charitable donations. In other words, having enough not only for yourself, I mean, furnishing abundance. But you can, I mean, that means you got more than enough. You can, you can eat what you want to eat. Live where you want to live. Drive what you want to drive. Now, I'm not there yet. I'm not there where I can drive what I want to drive yet. Now, I'm driving better than I did, but I'm not driving what I want to drive yet. Dean Gershom, I'm, I'm just, they ain't saying anything. But. <laughs> I'm not living yet how I want to live, but I'm living better than I used to live. Hallelujah. But you know we're going from glory to glory. How, how many of y'all are living better than you used to live before? But you're not yet where you, how you want to live yet. But you're on your way there because the blessing only works. Y'all pointing like, do like this, say the blessing. Y'all see I'm pointing this way, right? Some of y'all pointing that way. The blessing only works in one direction. Help your neighbor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, then we said this. I know I'm rich when my resources outweigh my responsibilities. So God, this is where God wants to get me and you, you and me, to this place where our responsibilities uh, are diminished by our resources. Y'all got it? Okay. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, the Living Bible says that to help us, he became so very poor that by being poor, he could make us rich. Right? We got that. He did all this to help us. Not just help us get to heaven but help us function on this earth. Y'all got it? 
So then we add this scripture, Isaiah 119, the Living Bible. It says this. Matter of fact, I'd like you to re read it with me. Ready, read. If you will only let me help you. Now, who's talking there again? That's the Lord. Now, if you don't know, you read in your Bible, you read all of Isaiah. God, that's God talking to the prophet Isaiah there in Isaiah 119. And the Living Bible it says it this way. Uh, New King James, the King James says, um, uh, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So I like how the Living Bible sort of expounds on that. If you'll only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. God wants to make you rich. Meaning, meaning, and I'm not talking about a dollar amount again. I'm talking about you and me having more than we need. Amen. Talking about you and me never having to wait on anybody to help us, but always waiting to help somebody else. How many of y'all want to live like that? Well, you're always on standby. God, I'm on standby. Who do you need me to help? What do you need me to do? Because I'm good. Not good because I got a bowl of beans. I'm talking about good because I got steak and, and potato, but I also have enough to help you get your steak and potato too. That's where God wants you and me to live. All right? Now, so God wants to do this. So we ask the question then, if he's going to do this, then what's my holdup? If this is not my reality, what's my holdup? So I, last week we got stuck on this area here uh, about, number one, am I walking uprightly with God? Am I walking upright with God? We've dealt with that sin, and we end up having this altar call here, and God began to move and deliver so many people on last Sunday. It just overwhelmed me to see how God worked because that wasn't my plan, but it was obviously God's plan. So am I walking uprightly? Everybody say, am I walking uprightly? Now notice, notice here, and the Lord brought this back to me last night. Not am I standing uprightly, am I walking uprightly? Because standing uprightly is a gift from God. To stand uprightly is a gift from God. Right standing is a gift from God. Righteousness is a gift from God. The Bible says you and I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So you and I are standing uprightly, but it didn't say if you, am I standing uprightly, it says am I walking uprightly. Over in Psalm 84 verse 11, it says that no good thing will he withhold from those who what? Stand uprightly? Walk uprightly. So I have to walk in how I stand. I stand upright with God, but I must walk it out. Tell your neighbor, walk it out. Tell him, walk it out. Hallelujah. I got to walk out that right standing with God. That's called holiness. I heard somebody in the back. Nobody up front said anything. That's called holiness. I heard you. I heard you. So walking upright is called holiness. Amen. So then, um, the prosperity of law, again, he won't withhold any good thing. And then we looked at Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper. So that's a prosperity of law. If you cover your sins, if you stay in sin, uh, you will not prosper. That's a law. All right, then we moved to last week. We dealt with, do I reverence God in his word? And we dealt with Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3. The man who uh, blesses the man who delights in the Lord and uh, fear, fears the Lord, delights greatly in his commandments, goes to verse 3 and says what? Wealth and riches. Wealth and riches. Help me, saints. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Sounds like a law to me. That if I, if I do this, then wealth and riches will be in my house. So that's a law. It's, it's, a, it's a cause and effect. All right? So I walk uprightly. I fear the Lord. I delight in his commandments. Now it says, wealth and riches will be, shall be in my house. 
so I can expect my house to have wealth and riches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of y'all would like for wealth and riches to be in your house? Now, you, you know, you, you might say in the bank. But the, the point is not necessarily in the physical house, but they belong to you. Depending on where you live, you may not want to keep a lot of wealth and riches in your house, depending on where you live. But keep, they, they belong to you is the point. And according to this, this is a law that if I fear God, if I reverence God, not fear being afraid, if I reverence God and if I delight in his commandments, the law, his law is that he'll make sure that wealth and riches are in our house. So I got I to gotta see then if I'm not experiencing that, then I got to find out, am I really doing what the word says? Tell your neighbor, I'm not judging you. Tell them, judge yourself. Tell them, pastor's not judging you either now. He, he might look you in your eyeballs, but he don't know anything. I'm just making eye contact. You got it? Okay, now let's keep going here. Let's keep going. All right? So here, here's the next question. Here's the next question. Am I a true tither or an occasional tither? We're talking about laws of prosperity. Am I a true tither and, and, or am I an occasional tither? In other words, do I pinch when I'm in a pinch? The tithe belongs to God. Right? The tithe is the tenth. It's 10%. It's not three or eight or nine or 11 or 10.5. It's 10%. It's a tenth. And it belongs to God. God said it's his. Right? And the tithe was before the law. So for the religious folk who want to say, or I should say the, the grace folk who want to say that was, that was under the law, well, yes, it was under the law, but it didn't start under the law. It started way before the law. We know Abraham to be a tither. In fact, uh, media, I'm, I'm going to skip around a little bit. Give me Hebrews 7, verse 6. Give me Hebrews 7, verse 6. Since I mentioned Abraham, let's read about Abraham. Hebrews 7, verse 6. It's... it's should be in y'all's list. I'm just going to, I'll skip it and I'll come back. This says, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them, this, the he there is a man named Melchizedek. How many of you ever heard of Melchizedek? Raise your hand if you've heard of Melchizedek. Okay, Melchizedek was um, an apparition of, of sorts. He was uh, a man um, who, who was, we as theologians say, a pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ. He had no mother, no father, no descendants. He is like he came out of nowhere. King of Salem, king of peace, Jesus himself, who appears in the old covenant times, right? I shouldn't say the old covenant because the law wasn't even there yet. This is the Old Testament times in Abraham's day. After Abraham had gone and fought this battle and won this war against um, uh, King Chedorlaomer and all these, these kings, these nations who had attacked Sodom and Abraham's family, uh, he won the battle, and Melchizedek shows up. So Hebrews 7, 6 says, but he whose genealogy is not derived from the nest, Melchizedek, did what? He did what? Receive. Received tithes from Abraham. Now, Abraham was before the law, and blessed him who had the promises. So Abraham had promises from God, but he didn't have the blessing yet. In other words, God had spoken a blessing, but the blessing had not been activated. Now, he's already doing well. 
Even the blessing spoken, Abraham's already started. He's, already, he's rich by chapter 13. What we read about here doesn't happen until chapter 14 of Genesis. But as, once you pass that, Abraham blows up. Because the, the tithe connects you to the blessing. Hallelujah. Remember last night, a few years back, I preached a message entitled, The Tithe Blessing Connection. People left the church. They left the church because I taught on the tithe blessing connection, but now they're struggling, people struggling, trying to make ends meet, when if they had simply taken the word, God would have made your, meet, your ends meet, kiss, have babies. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need my ends to not be meet. I need my ends to meet, kiss, or marry, get married, kiss, have babies. I need my ends to have babies. And grandbabies. Great grandbabies. To the fourth generation grandbabies. So am I a true tither? This is the question. This is a big question. Now, here's the thing. And why do I have to bring this up? Because uh, research tells us that in America today, only about 5 to 7% of the Christians actually tithe. That's interesting. That all the Christians love God, but only 5 to 7% of Christians actually tithe. Now, why is that? Well, they believe in God, they love Jesus, but they don't put their trust in him. Because tithing is a matter of trust. Trust in God. Well, God, Lord, I, I can't make it on 100%. How am I going to make it on 90%? See, what we do is when we give God the tithe, it now allows God to get involved in our finances. Until we tithe, he has to stay out of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. I, I'm, I just want to teach very simply right now. Uh, until we tithe, God has to stay out. You know, God gave you and me our own lives. You live your life. We have free will in this earth. We have freedom to make choices in this earth. We, you know, in every situation, we have to invite God in. Do you know God will stay out of your marriage if you don't invite him into your marriage? You know, he'll stay out of your business if you don't invite him into your business? God doesn't barge his way into your business. God's a, he's a gentleman. He doesn't barge his way into your affairs. That's why, that's why Jesus told us to pray. Whoa, come on, man of God. Remember he told us to pray, uh, our Father, he said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if it's God's will, if it's his kingdom, why would Jesus tell us to pray for it to be done? Couldn't, can't God just do it? No, he can't because he gave us uh, authority here, so we have to open the door to allow him to move in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, he's black. Tell him, talk back. Now, I, I don't want you talking back as much as I need you to, to talk back to know that you are hearing what I'm saying. I need you to hear what I'm saying. Okay? I'm talking about a law. So this, this law of prosperity uh, being the tithe, the tithe allows God to get involved. We see this in Malachi 3, 10 through 12. All right? But then they go with Malachi 10, Malachi 3. Preachers always want to bring up Malachi 3. Well, it's in there. 
they're, they're, you know what's funny, Laquanda? The same folk who say they shouldn't be going to that, they get on you if you don't preach the whole counsel of God. Preachers need to stop preaching all that prosperity. They need to preach the whole counsel of God. But don't bring up Malachi. Ain't it part of the whole counsel of God? I'm going to preach the whole counsel. I got to preach the whole thing, don't I? No, what you want me to do is preach the whole counsel you want to hear about. But y'all are not like that. Y'all are okay, right? Malachi 3, 10 through 12. I'm going to read it from the, the CEV, Contemporary English Version. He says, I'm the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire into the storehouse so that there will be food in my house. Then I will. See, this is a law. Then I will. So until we do our part, he can't do what he will. He wants to, but he can't. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So when he opens the windows of heaven for us, that's him saying, if you allow me to get involved in your finances. He says, then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with what? Every time I turn around, blessing, blessing, blessing on blessing, right? This is what God says. Every time you turn around, I want you to have blessing on blessing on blessing on blessing on blessing. But I can't do that until you involve me in your finances. Well, Pastor, how do I get how do I get God, God involved? I tithe. What's the tithe? It says the entire temple. Notice, notice he says here, the entire. The entire, I don't pinch. The entire. In, in my worst days, my wife and I in our worst days, and we've had some, we've had some days that went from worse to worser. You can laugh, it's okay to laugh. They went from worse to worser. Right? Bad to worse. And I don't care how bad it ever was. We never mess with the tithe. Because we knew the only way to get God or keep God involved, if we're ever going to come out, the only, we can't come out by ourselves. Look what it says in Malachi 3.11. He says, I will also stop the locusts, stop locusts from destroying your crops and, keep your vine- and keeping your vineyards from producing. In other words, you want your business, you want your career, you want everything you do to produce. He says there's something that's stopping it. But when you tithe, I'll stop the one that's stopping you. Are you all okay? I'm not not about to preach hard today. I preached hard Tuesday, went to church for nine services. Laid hands for a total of about three, four hours last week and got home late last night. I'm tired. So y'all just got to take it any way I can get it. Notice what happens when you and I tithe. He's going to open the windows of heaven, pour out blessing after blessing. I'm going to rebuke that which has been stopping you. And then he says, verse 12, he says, every one of every nation will talk about how I have blessed you. Oh, over here, they got it. They didn't get it. Y'all got it. He says, everyone, everywhere, they're going to be talking about you. Tell your neighbor, they're going to be talking about you. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something good. They're going to say, look how the Lord, look what the Lord has done. The Lord has blessed. The Lord has.
has been good to him. The Lord has been good to her. The Lord has been good to them. Yes, the Lord has been good to us, and we are glad. Everyone of every nation will talk about how I have blessed you and about your wonderful land. I, the Lord, all powerful, have spoken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of y'all want to live like that? Blessing after blessing. What was stopping me has now been stopped. And everybody talking about me. I want everybody talking about me. <laughs> Let me throw, can I throw something into you? A uh, few of y'all back in that back corner. Let me tell you. They are already talking about you. You might as well give them something good to talk about. Okay, come on this side. I said they already talking about you. Because if they're going to talk, they're going to talk. Your car popping and making noise, they're talking about you. Pop, pop, your car popping. They're talking about you. They notice you got the same clothes on this week you had on last week. They're talking about you. So we might as well switch and let the Lord help us. So now when they talk, they're going to say, dog, I ain't saying to put on, put on the same outfit in three months. What in the world? Well, how they got that new car? Come on, Come on. Am I right about it? All right. So am I a true tither or an occasional tither? Now, I'm not here to, to condemn anybody because everybody has to be fully persuaded in their own mind. And you must, you must, some, there's some things that, particularly when you come out of a struggling situation, you really have to get a revelation and get your faith to a place where you can step into it. Uh, and and I, we man preached this Friday morning. It's one thing to have faith, another thing to have trust. When, when you can have faith that, okay, I know God can do that, but my trust is, okay, now I actually step into it. Because anybody who's ever held back your, your tithe, it wasn't because you lacked faith. You know what God can do. And you know what God's word says. It's because in that moment, for that week, for that month, you just didn't trust God. Thank God we, we got holy ground here where God says, I'll I, I forgive you, and hey, let's start over. And you, listen, I know people tell you this, well, you, you missed tithe of a whole year. You got to go and make up that whole year. Listen, just start where you are. Just start where you are. Because the reality of it is you can't go make it up because under, under the law, the makeup was 20%. So, thank God we're not under the law. Amen? I said amen. All right. Jesus was a tither. He taught tithing. People say, well, we, we're not under that. In Luke eleven forty two, Jesus says, but woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe meant and rule and all men of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. He says, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So notice he didn't cancel out tithing. He said, he said tithe, he says, but also deal with these other matters here. Justice, the love of God. Y'all got it? 
justice and loving God. He says, do all that and tithe. So if Jesus Christ was getting rid of tithe, he wouldn't have said, keep tithing. Proverbs 21, verse 3 in the CEV. Proverbs 21, verse 3 in the CEV. Doing what is right and fair pleases the Lord more than an offering. Now, I gave you that because I want to go back to what Jesus Christ said. He said, you got to do what's right, do justice, mercy, and so forth, and, and uh, these things. He said, and tithe. So my point to you is, don't just tithe, but don't do right by people. Tithing does not excuse meanness. I got it. I got, I got one over here. I got a bunch over here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to stand this side. Tithing does not excuse bad attitude. It doesn't excuse mistreating people. So you got to do both. Tell your neighbor you got to do both. You got to tithe and treat people right. It's the law. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about law like in the Bible. I'm talking about the laws of prosperity. Remember I talked about the laws of flight last week. Laws of gravity, the laws of nature, they were around before we got here. It, you know, my wife and I, our family, we, several of you were on, on flights this past week to and from Kentucky. Well, those, those laws were working. The laws of flight were working. Hallelujah. Worked kind of rough on one of those flights, boy. My, my flight, come, when we came into Kentucky, boy, I felt like I was going to throw up all over that plane. I and then, then the man threw the plane down. Bam! Man, laying this thing, man. Make that thing smooth. He just dropped it. Bam! I guess we're here. All right, let me, let me give you um, um, one more of these. One more of these. All right, here's the next one. Do I love pleasure more than God? Do I love pleasure more than God? The Bible says in the last days, one of the marks of the last days, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, I'm not here to talk about the sin aspect of that. I want to talk about the money aspect of that. The sin aspect is one thing. We'll save it for another day. Right? But the financial aspect of do I love pleasure more than God? Because Jesus said this um, in Matthew 6, 24, 25, one of those verses around there. He says, um, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So you can tell what you love by where you spend your treasure. You can tell what you love by where you spend your treasure. I said you can tell what you love by where you spend your treasure. And so, if I spend my treasure with God, investing, tithing, sowing, partnering, vowing, seeding, gifting, uh, blessing people, yes. alms, helping the poor, yes. then that's where my heart is, and that gives God free reign 
to bless me. If you're just always looking to bless people, then God can flow. But if my money is always invested in my pleasure, I'm not talking about sin. Don't, don't, y'all know about it. I ain't talking about you, you going down to the nudie bar. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your pleasure. In other words, things that satisfy you, recreation and all the things. Just, they can be totally innocent things. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not talking sin, so look up. I'm just talking about things that just, you know, make that make you happy. Yeah, nails, purses, dresses, hats, shoes, games, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Restaurants, whatever. Food. Do I love pleasure more than God? Because I want to show you a law about that. In Proverbs 21, 17. Proverbs 21, 17. I'd like you to read it with me so you hear it come out of your own mouth. Ready? Read. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Now, I'm not a financial planner, but I have a financial plan. And in my financial plan, pleasure does not supersede my necessities and my investment for the future. But so many people in the body of Christ are praying and getting in every prayer line and vowing and throwing a seed at God and, 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 and want God to do miracles and getting on the prayer line, asking God to come through for them, but yet they leave the church and they go back and heap everything upon their own pleasures, their own lust, and wonder why they're still struggling. It's because if you love pleasure, you will be poor. That's a law. Y'all are quiet in this Baptist church. He who loves wine and oil. Now, when it says wine and oil, I don't want you thinking about liquor, you know, and, and getting a massage. I'm not talking, I'm, he's, he's not talking about, he's using wine and oil just as a reference. He's talking about luxury. Wine and oil represent luxury. Oh, pastor about to shoot. Pastor about to shoot some shots here. He who loves luxury will not be rich. Matter of fact, give me that to, to me in the easy to read version. Easy to read version. Easy to read version. ERV. Come on. Some people, come on, put it up there, media. Come on, help, help me out so they, they sit. Is it there for y'all? Uh, just move to the next screen. It's, it's, I see it already. I want the media, everybody to see it with me. Hallelujah. Let me read it. You'll get it. The, 21, 17. 17. Ready? Read. Tell your, your neighbor, never, 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 never. <laughs> Give me that same verse in the Living Bible. In the Living Bible. 2117 Living Bible. Ready? Read. A 
Okay, give me, give me in the good news. Maybe it's easier in the good news. The good news will let us off the hook. Good news translation. Ready? Read. Okay, so pastor, what are you saying? I'm not saying it. I'm telling you what the word is saying. That there's a season for luxury. And the trick of the enemy is to make God's people try to operate in a season that's not theirs before time. Because I deserve it. I work hard. I deserve it. And you're going out and spending money on luxury, things you don't need, and then wonder why the rent is behind, and wonder why the light bill is behind, and wonder why the tuition is behind, and wonder why this and that is, is behind, and why... I can't make it. Why I can't struggle? Why I don't have $400 in the bank to put my hands on? Why I'm still in debt? It's because you're operating outside of your season. Y'all can get quiet on me, but I got this and I came to preach today. That you, there's a season that you have to wait on. Wait your turn. Tell you, you got to wait your turn. It's coming because the blessing only works. Point over there. The blessing, come on, point over there. The blessing only works in one direction. You're going there. You're going there. But until you get there, you're here. And you must recognize where you are here that until you get there, don't act like you're there. Don't fake it till you make it. I know that's popular in the church. Fake it till you make it. No. Do not fake it till you make it. Make do till you make it. Now I know people don't want to hear this, especially, I'm going to say this, I'm going to just, especially in the urban community. Because in the urban community, everybody want to drive big. Everybody wants to be car rich and house poor. Everybody wants to be the big baller shot caller. Everybody got to have they, you know. Got to have the latest gear. The latest phone. Now, your, your iPhone 7 was still working, but you had to get the, the what's, what's the latest one? The 14 Plus. The iPhone, dog, because it had three burners on it, and you, you, okay, I can take better pictures. You don't know how to even get a picture in the frame. What's all you to take a better picture? A phone is to make phone calls and receive phone calls. Look how quiet y'all are getting is to make phone calls and receive phone calls. And yet somehow you get duped by the marketing geniuses into thinking that somehow you're not, you're not, you're not, um, you're not important or you're not, you're not um, uh, classy or you're not, 
You're nobody if you don't have the latest phone. It's a marketing, it's marketing genius. Flip phones still work. that people get. I'm talking about some of the old flip phones. Jitterbug flip phone if you need one. Now y'all are laughing but I'm talking about see, 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 we paid enough light bills, water bills, phone bills, cable bills, rent, back, back, late rent in this church. My wife and I personally paid enough folks rent to know people, you getting toes done but can't pay your lights. You don't need it. No, baby. You can't. You don't, baby. No, no, baby. That's a luxury. My wife goes to the Walgreens or goes around and buy her own toenail polish and put on her own toes and she got cash. Why? Because, because, because I, we much rather have, have money. Um, give, me, give me a scripture. Um, give me Proverbs 13, 7. Watch this. Proverbs 13, 7 in the easy to read. So, tell your neighbor, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I ain't talking about TDX, get ready. I mean, get ready to see yourself. Proverbs 13, 7 in the easy to read version. Ready, ready. Put on the screen for me, Peter. Come on. Ready. I want, I want the people at home to make sure that happens. 13, 7, ready? At home, you read it too while you're on vacation and shouldn't be. Proverbs 13, 7, ready? Read. Some people. Others, which would you rather? I'd rather you laugh at me and mock me and say, oh, you got, you got on dad's shoes. <laughs> Those are dad sneakers, <laughs> but I got cash. and the water and the phone and the cable early. Early. I don't wait on the due date. Never. Soon as the bill comes, pay it. Why? Because I denied myself all the little luxuries. People used to tell me, Pastor, if they go out to eat some fancy restaurant, Pastor, you got to go try that. I just say, ain't got to be nothing but black. I ain't got to go try nothing. I don't have to go try anything. You go try it. Tell me how it is. You like it. I believe you. Put up, go back to, go back to that scripture. Um, Proverbs 21.17. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm gonna, it's past 1 o'clock. Proverbs 21.17 in the good news. In the good news translation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Indulging in luxuries. Wine. 
and rich food. Rich food. I like to eat. I like to try. I've tried every restaurant on Beach Drive, and I've tried every restaurant in Tampa, and I've tried. I drive to Orlando to eat, and I drive to Sarasota to eat. Look at you. I'm so proud of you that you've tried every restaurant in the Bay Area. Look at you. Show me your bottom line. How many of y'all ever heard of Bernard Arnault? You've heard of Bernard Arnault? You've heard of Bernard Arnault? You've heard of Bernard Arnault? All right, so the rest of y'all said, I've never heard of Bernard Arnault. Okay, got you. How many of y'all ever heard of Louis Vuitton? How many ever heard of Christian Dior? Yeah. How many ever heard of Moet? Yeah, they know about Moet. Don't talk to me. Hennessy. Don't talk to me with Hennessy. They know about Hennessy. Pastor, I never heard of no Hennessy. What's Hennessy? I never heard of no Hennessy. How many ever heard of, t- of Tiffany's? Yeah. You know why? Do you know why? Tyrone Mall is a ghost town, and International Mall is the hub of everything. Everybody wants to go there because people skipping Tyrone where they should be and going to International Mall trying to floss. Not even on the lower level. They everybody want to be on the top level. I'm on the top level. Y'all know you know it's a different level, right? Bottom floor, top floor, International Mall. Well, Bernard Arnault owns most of those brands that you know the brand. And he is now the world's richest man on record. The world's richest man on record. The world's richest man on record. Through a pandemic, blew up. He overtook Elon Musk and Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, all these guys, Warren Buffett. He overtook all these guys on luxury brands, which means poor people were making a rich man rich by buying luxury that they could not afford. He's the world's wealthiest man on record. Look him up when you get home. The world's wealthiest man. He owns all those luxury brands you talk about. Can y'all help me with my rent? You got every Tory Burch slide they put out. Your toes done, your hair done, your feet done, your nails done, lashes out to here, extensions down to your booty. What do they call them? Butt length extensions, they call them. What do they call them? Calf length extensions, all that kind of stuff. Eating everywhere. Oh, oh, you, you, oh, you can't make grits, eggs, and bacon at home. No, you gotta go out because you know. Indulging in luxuries, wine, and rich food will never make you wealthy. I like kissing cousins like the next person. <laughs> 
just fly up in here. See, because most people won't face the real cold hard facts that you're not there. You're trying to pretend you're there. There's one who pretends to be rich and has nothing. I'd rather be the one who pretends to be poor and have riches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But pastor, well, you, you know, you have some stuff. I do. I do. I do. But if I tell you most of the things I have, I never spent any money for. I got suits that cost like used cars. I didn't buy them. See y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. I didn't buy them. I got jewelry you don't know of. I, man, I, I have stuff you don't, I don't even bring it out. But I, people give this stuff to me. I'm not going to pretend like I'm rich and I'm not. I'm going to pretend like I'm poor and have you guessing. Because if you ever want to get to this place of wealth and riches being in your house, not just passing through your house, but being in your house, then you got to start cutting back on these things. It may not be cable season for you. So you telling the truth. I got to have cable. Why? Why? You Netflix and Huluin. And tires bald. Well, I better, I better. Well, let's wrap it up. See, I, it's a law, ladies and gentlemen. It's a law, and the law of gravity—you can't circumvent that law. The laws of nature, you cannot circumvent those laws. These laws of prosperity, you cannot circumvent these laws of prosperity. You can't just, you can't go around them. You can't, it, you, you can't, you can't avoid them. They work all the time. And so I have to see, okay, God, how do I learn to wait on my season? Now, there, there, listen, there, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There are things that I do buy, my wife and I buy. We, my, we up there in, in Frankfurt, my wife wanted to go to this store and buy some stuff. Said, okay, let's go to the store and buy some stuff. But we don't owe anybody anything. We don't owe a person on this planet anything. We don't owe anybody. We don't owe anybody anything. And let me, can I tell you what happened to me? And I went and I, I preached. I preached uh, um, Tuesday night. Before I even preached, before I even preached, I had a man walk up to me and said, Pastor John, I have no clue who this guy is. Matter of fact, if I saw him today, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you who he was. I wouldn't, wouldn't remember his face. He said, Pastor John, I, I love your ministry. He said, I watch you all the time. He said, I, I've been wanting to come down there to you to sow a seed. 
I'm so blessed by your ministry. And he, he does me when I'm Pentecostal handshakes, deep. And if some handshakes, you're like, praise the Lord. Some handshakes, you go, praise the Lord. Because you, you feel it. You feel the weight of glory. I felt the weight of glory on that. I'm like, that's a handshake, brother. <laughs> no, it was after I preached. I think it was at the end of service, right? Or am I, I don't know. So, okay, so I'm just sitting there. I'm just sitting there. And he give me that handshake for us. <clears throat> so I just, you know, you play, put it in your pocket, praise the Lord. Just go preach. I'm going to preach. I got home. Well, that, that was a G. I said, praise the Lord. That's $1,000 right there. $1,000 may not mean anything to you. But when you don't owe anybody anything, that's my thousand. Well, it's my wife's thousand because she wanted to go shopping. First and foremost, what it did was it, it upped all my seed because I was sowing every morning up my seed. Praise the Lord. I'm going to give that. Pass it out. So I'm not, I'm not here to say to you that I don't ever buy anything. We don't ever buy anything. We do buy things. God gives us stuff, but God also blesses us to have the money to buy things. But not until our season. Yeah, my wife used to be in Bell's Outlet waiting on the sticker, stickers to all change. Some of y'all might either find the nearest Bell's Outlet, go back there, get out the mall, go to Bell's Outlet, and find, find, wait on the stickers to change. Y'all ain't saying anything to me, but I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, any, if you had, if you had any natural financial advisor, they'd tell you exactly what I'm telling you. Without a, without a scripture to back it up, they'd tell you exactly what I'm telling you. They say, you know, you know what, you probably need to sell that car you're paying on and get you a less expensive car. Can I tell you the, the key to this part, and then I'm going to move on? Is you have to get over fear of what people think about you. You have to get over worrying about what people think about you. Because most times what we're buying, what we're doing, is to impress other people. It's not really about us and what we need and what we desire and what it's really most times about I want to impress other people. That's a power move right there. It's to impress other people. But I said, you can pretend all you want to. You know you the one gotta go home burning candles. Go home and, and hope when you flip the switch. But you just ate real well. I, my, my wife and I, a few years back, I'm, I'm going to say this. Now. Hey, the last one is, am I a generous person? Am I a generous person? Give me uh, Proverbs 11.25. I'm going to say this. Now. I got to quit. Proverbs 11.25. The generous soul will be made rich. That's a law. 
So when you're out with people, out, uh, see opportunities to help people, are you generous? Do you look for opportunities or are you just so tight, so stingy that, um, that you squeeze the color right off the dollar bill? You got ink on your hands because you're trying to squeeze that little old bill. And he who waters will also be water himself. That means if you help somebody else, God's going to make sure you get help coming right back at you. Not just preaching. It's more than just a preacher. How many of y'all have experienced this in your life where you bless, were blessing somebody and God has somebody to be blessing you? Come and look around. Y'all not preachers? It's, this works for any and everybody. In fact, I, I, get, I get a great kick. I get great joy out of hearing when these things happen to you because I, I got to make sure people don't think this just happens to preachers. It doesn't just happen to preachers. It happens to anybody. It, it wouldn't happen to me if I weren't doing the same thing I'm telling you to do. There's a lot of broke, broke preachers, a lot of struggling preachers. I'm not one of those because I apply what I'm teaching. The generous soul we made rich. Give me, go back to verse 24. There is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. So I don't want anything leading to poverty in my life. I want to keep scattering and let it, let it keep increasing. I receive power moves, boy. Those power moves, man. Y'all understand, those moves saying, I ain't going to stay like this. I ain't going to stay like this. Pastor, I remember one time you, you went to sow, and I, I think you sold into me. I was preaching something, and you had nothing but change. 47 cents. You see my wife, she all dressed to the nines now and got it, you know, going on. And the most beautiful thing running this side of heaven. But I remember when she sold 47 cents, because that's all she had, which means that's all we had. Don't ever be embarrassed by your seed. It's your way out of poverty. It's your way out of lack. It's your way out of insufficiency. That woman, that widow woman who came and brought her mite, Jesus said this widow woman who brought those, those two little mites has given more than all these rich men who threw in their little, out of their little abundance. Because it's not about the amount, it's about you and your heart. God, I'm out of this, I'm out of this mess here. So I want to be that person who's generous. I want to make sure I give you that last one. Am I a generous person? Or am I stingy? Because if I'm stingy, if I withhold... It leads to poverty. If I withhold, it leads to poverty. When you're going out to your little fancy meal, do you at least leave a good gratuity? I mean a good one. Or do you pull out your little calculator? 
Hold on a second. No, I'm not, I'm not tipping on the tax. I'm not going to tip on the tax. I'm only tipping on the cost of the food. Let me, my little calculator. Now, your belly full and you got food to take home. They don't, you don't work that poor girl, that poor fella down to the grub. Sent three meals back to the kitchen. Are you generous? Are you generous? My wife and I went to a restaurant yesterday to get some breakfast and uh, got there and the people said, oh, you missed breakfast. And uh, we were like, well, let's, let's go find some else. The lady, said, lady came right back, no, no, don't leave. She said, I'll, find, I'll, make, I'll make something for breakfast. We tip more than the bill. We tip more than the bill. I said, that, that was so nice, thank you. We didn't pull out no calculator, let me calculate 15%. And we took more than the bill. See, if you're generous, the generous soul, the liberal soul, we made fat. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to come to a place where we decide, I don't want to look like I got it going on. And at home, I'm struggling. Not only is it stupid, but it's breaking a law. It's breaking a law of prosperity. And if you don't change that, we can come and prophesy January, you know, December 31st or January 1. This is going to be your greatest year ever. This is going to be the year's turnaround. But if you don't ever change that house. The way you operate, it's going to be the same way year after year after year after year. Hallelujah. Lord, help me end this on a good note. Give me something good to say so they, everybody looking at me real rough. Arnett, am I right about this? I am. Yeah, I'm talking to Arnett back in the back. She, 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 she got me. I'm right about this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to keep pretending. I'm not, I'm not going to fake the funk. Now, here's what, here's, thank you. I end like, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's so good. Here's what he does because he's so loving. Is along the way, he blesses you with a surprise, with a little something to placate your soul, to, to, to encourage you along the way. So along the way for my wife and me and our family, there were things that God would do along the way while, we're, while we were in, still in the struggle. He would say, here, just, I want to bless you with that. It, it's not your season, but I want you to know where you're going. So I'm going to give you a preview of your coming attractions right now. So times he would let us go on a vacation that we couldn't afford. But he brought it to a level, $300 or whatever. Okay, do that. Okay. Because along the way, I need you to, to, to understand I'm taking you somewhere. 
but let me do it. Let me do it. Let me help you. Tell your neighbor, let Jesus help you. He knows. He, he's in the thing with you. He's in this with you. He's not going to let you, you know, make up your mind to serve him and, and trust him. And he don't, he don't every once in a while bless you with here. Here a cupcake. Here you go. Here you go. Get you some ice cream. He's going to do that. Uh, can I say this? Even for those of you who say, Pastor, I'm working on coming out of debt. And it's not everybody. You don't have to. That's, I, don't, I don't carry the way. I don't judge anybody either way. It's your choice. But if those of you are, I'm going to tell you how this is how he did us. And coming out of debt, because I, my wife knows I got, I got, I mean, I was hell bent. Every dime coming in, going to die. And God would say, no, here. I want you to enjoy the journey to debt freedom. So here, I want you to do this. It's okay, go ahead. Buy that. It's okay, go ahead. I got you. I don't need you to do it. I just need you to let me help you. Just, just let me help you. And he did it for us. And the journey to whatever the next level is, he's doing it. He knows. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. He knows how to have somebody come along and pay for your toes. Girl, get your toes dead. Am I right about it? My wife and I, I remember years ago, like, man, there's places we wanted to go, things we wanted to do. But we knew we weren't there. I remember Dwight and Lawanda one day handed us a gift card. Burn Steakhouse. Y'all remember that? We said, our anniversary coming, we're going to burn Steakhouse by anniversary. Now, they didn't know where we were because we never talked about poverty and the struggle. We always talked faith. God, boy, that, that Burns Steakhouse, boy, that gift card, boy, it paid off. And there, there are other stories. I could go through here. People, many people, if God has led you to do things, vacations and gift cards and, I mean, all kind of things that God did along the way because we were allowing God to do it. And we weren't going to force anything trying to make something happen. We allowed God to do it. And guess what? If he did it for me, he will do the same thing for you. Just let him help you. Let him help you. And I guarantee he'll do it. Amen? Y'all receive that? Tell me if he didn't give God a praise. Let's go home. Let's go home. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Try to put your hand up. Say the blessing only works in one direction. Tell anybody, that's where you're headed. That way. not going that way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor Kim, lay your hands on Lawanda's uh, belly right there. I curse whatever that issue is causing you consternation, pain right now. I curse it in Jesus' name. Get out of here and go.
Get out of that body now, you foul devil. Go! Healing power of the living God flow. Flow. Flow! We take that now in Jesus' name. 